Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work. Doug, how you doing? Good, Anthony. How are you? I'm really good. So I got to start off with an apology. We had okay. some uh, equipment issues, so I don't, I'm not set up with my roadcaster or no my mic or anything okay. like that, but uh, no we're going to make it work. Uh, <laughs> I'm usually a, that. I'm usually a stickler for, for sound quality. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I came across you on um, Instagram and I'll, I'll introduce you in a little bit. Um, I just yeah, kind of sure. roll into it. I don't yeah, do no those, like the big formal thing, but yeah. uh, I came across you on Instagram and I can't remember how you came up in my feed because you, mm -hmm. it wasn't like a sponsor or anything like that. I think, I think someone had shared something of yours and then I was like, I have, oh, I have really good algorithm stuff on my Instagram. That's what it is. I'm posting up a lot yeah. of content and uh, I got some really good people who helped me do it. So I stay yeah. out of the whole selfie thing I used to do and just let my team do it. They said, let us follow the algorithm and we'll figure out all your content. So I backed away. So I'm guessing they're constantly looking at what's working on social media and then, and then having you execute based on that. Yeah. So I have a team that really, uh, we just started doing this. So uh, we, we have a team that does all of the uh, social media posting. Uh, I do a lot on LinkedIn too. Um, LinkedIn mm -hmm. is sort of like a good space for me because I've been on it for a long time. And then Instagram has really been like a good space because that's like that's like a demographic I work with. It's kind of that that like um, that 30 something to like 38 seems to be like a good spot for me. And yeah, I'm 36. Oh, there you go. See, you go. So it, it is a perfect spot. So and friends of mine who are CEOs are also 35, 36, 37, 38. So it just seems to work. So I, I just, that's a demographic that we, we click with 40 year olds are like in their own space. Uh -huh. They, they almost kind of like believe they have it figured out. So they don't need me. Oh <laughs> and, gosh. Yeah. And, that's and always the under thirties are just, they really got to figure it out. They don't need me. <laughs> so it's really interesting. So it's, it's an interesting space to be in. So that's awesome. So I have a whole team that handles that. And I like that. So, um, I saw that you went to SolarCon. Uh-huh. How was it? Dude, it was, you know, refreshing to say the least. I noticed a lot of your keynotes um, were at uh, solar events. But what I noticed about solar events in general that I was, because I was constantly looking for them, right? Because um, we're, we're, we're brand new to the space. We're about, you know, six to eight months old. And so, um, by the way. yeah, I appreciate it. Um, and so we were looking for the education piece and um, you know, there was a, a small solar conference. It, it was called the solar conference in Dallas. And it was, it, it basically turned into, I mean, they didn't do it purposely, but it was a lot of power people. So yeah. it turned into kind of a power recruiting event. And I was yeah. like, no, I, yeah. I came for education. Right. And so, you know, door to door con came up, which was going to be heavy solar. Yeah. Uh, which I had tickets to, you know, I, I had the elite tickets. I was going to go and then I got yeah. COVID. <laughs> oh, and so uh, I, I had to give my, my tickets away to some people in my network that also do solar. And, yeah. uh, and then, and then SolarCon came up and I was like, perfect. Like, this is what perfect. we need. Yeah. 
And so it, it was very sales centric, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, being put on by Jake Hess and yeah. uh, Solo Joe, those guys. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was very sales centric, but we need something like that to kind of like educate, you know, the yeah. solar sales org orgs on uh, how to do this the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I feel like they did a good job of that. It wasn't, you know, your typical solar chat or solar board group where everybody's like talking crap about each other. You know what I mean? And then yeah, yeah. It, it, w- it was very cohesive and everybody was pretty positive that was there, you know? And, and it was very, and it very positive, raw, not raw, raw, but like I've been in the solar game a long time. I've been in for 60, like mm-hmm. my 60 year. So yeah, I used to go when it was very small and it got really big and I got small and I got really, really big again. Yeah. So I, I, there wasn't anything really sales focused. And I think this is, this would be a good spot for, for sales yeah. to take on because it was all about the technology and the panels and the modules. And it just, it was a different world. So I yeah, was actually, a salesperson. Texas. I was at already Texas while uh-huh. you guys were at SolarCon because <laughs> I, I, I got a client. I have to work, you know I mean? I, I'm in yeah. the coaching space. So I have a client who was um, in San Antonio uh-huh. And he was a solar con. <laughs> the CEO was a solar con. I just talked to him a few minutes ago. I said, I said, yeah. hey, you came up in the solar con video. How was it? He goes, Oh, it was a great conference. So yeah. It was really interesting. So yeah, I was at I was at RE Texas because I have a client in, in San Antonio and Austin. I'm actually going to be in Dallas next week working with a couple clients. Nice. So, yeah. I, I'll be in yeah. Dallas also. I'll be in Dallas. Uh, I'm part of uh, Apex. I don't know if you've heard of that group, Ryan Stewart's group. Okay, yeah. I've heard. I don't know a lot. Okay. Where are you from? Yeah. Uh, San Antonio originally, and then I moved oh. to Corpus, and that's where I started my sales organization. And nice. uh, I was there for 15 years before I moved back to San Antonio. Well, I'm in Divine, Texas, which is 30, 30 minutes southwest of San Antonio. So I gotcha. commute. Yeah. yeah. Try, smart. yeah. Try, smart. Try Smart's one of my clients, by the way. Charlie Heaton. So, yeah. Charlie's awesome good boy. dude. I say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, he's a good person. So, so Mark yeah. was actually at SolarCon. I saw his picture. I'm like, dude, you're in the video. You're the first guy yeah. in the video. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually coaching with Mark and his team and uh, Charlie's mm-hmm. a good guy. So um, I'm really blessed to work with a really great crew. So I work with them. Yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, I've really enjoyed, like I, I come from the, a, the, the dealer space, like with AT&T, Comcast, Grande, okay. you know, all those companies so cable salespeople, and yeah. uh it was very cutthroat when i was coming up you know stealing yeah. people stealing teams and all that kind of stuff and i just really wasn't ever about that so since stepping into solar there's a lot of that don't get me wrong but there yeah. is guys like charlie he you know that i connected yeah. with and he was you know abundance mindset yeah absolutely you know this is what we do yeah. for that you know they're right. they're more about and SolarCon was more about hey let's do better as an industry so we don't have to keep dealing with the reputation type stuff like solar is a scam type stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. As we do yeah. better as an industry, then we'll all do better. You know, we're, we're at 4%. Photo yeah. High yeah. Photo we're photos. at 4% nationwide. We got a ways to go before we can even think about really being competitive with each other. You know, I, I, I agree so. with you. And it's, it's refreshing for me because I've been through it and you know, it's still a mm-hmm. very small industry when you think about it. Yeah. It's super small. I mean, I mean, you got a company of they have a, like two hundred thousand employees and ten thousand companies, and you know we're we're not at the, you know we're not at the 
double six figure gigawatt penetration where we really want to be. And yeah. it's, it's states like Texas and Florida that are really leading the charge with, you know, Jersey and California bringing up the, you know, the, the bookends and then everyone else in between, yeah. like Georgia coming online, Carolina's coming online. DeSantis just put his veto veto on that whole net metering kibosh. So now Florida's back on track. And I mean, oh, nice. Got, yeah, even got Mississippi, Arkansas, Oklahoma's looking pretty great. And before you know it, the Dakotas will give in and say, okay, no more oil. Let me go solar. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's, just, it's yeah. Slow, slow progress. So I mean, I've seen a lot in 15 years. Oof. Wow. I mean, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. My first install was a 2.7 kW system on someone's garage, 30 feet from the house. It was a sun power. I think it was a 200 watt panel because they had to be black. Wow. Had to be black. Uh, I think I sold it either $10 or $12 a watt. So that was a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. And there was a rebate of like $5 per watt in New York had an actual rebate program. Plus you had the 63 grand. So if you do the the numbers, oh, and by it had to be, you had to run a 30 foot trench because the guy didn't want Mm -hmm. it on his house. But I sold Mm -hmm. (laughs) that first year we sold sold $300,000. You know, I mean, we were celebrating with seven of us and we wouldn't have sales org. We had just, inside people. And then I think when we left right. like 300 and something million dollars before we left, it was really amazing. Interesting mm-hmm. ride. Learned a lot from that. So. All right, guys. Well, we've got some, uh, we had a, a good conversation coming into it, but, uh, I've got Anthony Conklin. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. And this is the first time we've actually spoken before Every, everything else was through, uh, Instagram. And once I saw your page, I was like, I've got to get this guy on the show. He's exact. He's a perfect fit for us. And uh, so this shows this shows all about building great sales teams. And um, you know, I've had my own personal struggles with building my solar sales team. And so um, solar is a whole different animal when it when it because I used to be able to trade in and out products like crazy. You know, uh, cable, uh, security, internet, pest control. I, if I had a if I had a sales team, I could insert any product in, into what they were doing, and it was fairly easy to get them on board and rolling with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a bit of a different animal, you know. So I definitely wanted to get you on the show for that. So you've been in uh, executive sales leadership consultant for roughly 15 years now, or you've been in solar for 15 years? I've been in solar for 15, and I've been running mm-hmm. an executive leadership program since 2018. Oh, okay. Fantastic. So you're taking all that knowledge that you gained uh, in those first, uh, what was it, like uh, 10 years and then compressed it into into coaching and you're saving guys like me a ton of time, right? Um, I'm collapsing the time to get more glass up on the roof. Awesome. Fantastic. So uh, let's kind of get into that a little bit. You know, you Mm kind of went into like the older history of solar and everything, and there was just seven of you guys you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the people that I'm consulting right now or that are listening to the podcast haven't hired their first salesperson yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you went to hire your first salesperson, what was that experience like for you? And then kind of what did you, did you learn from it? Uh, by the way, thank you for having me on the show. I, I'm mm-hmm. grateful for the opportunity and congratu- congratulations on all your success. And, and I wish you tons and tons more success and hope you get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of listeners and followers. You're doing something really great. I appreciate it something really needed for the industry. Uh, so frankly, the first time I hired someone in solar, I was a little nervous because I came from the corporate world and we had strict policies and procedures and different frameworks and different tests they had to take. So I was nervous to hire someone because I think 
I thought at the time I needed to hire someone of that model. But mm-hmm. the more I got into solar, you know, kind of like the, in the first five years, six years or so, I realized that it's no different. Hiring somebody in solar to running a sales organization or even someone who is a, a good producer, I always ask this one question. Do you have it in your DNA? Are you wired for sales? Because I find people who are wanting to get into sales, but they're, they think like accountants. Not that accountants are bad, but mm-hmm. accountants are very – on the disk profile, they're very high in compliance and very low on dominating and influencing. And you need someone who's a dominator influencer, which is someone who has it in their DNA to want to serve, right? Do they mm-hmm. have self-discipline, right? That's another thing. You have to have hunger, self-discipline, and you have to be persistent in this business. You know, no, no different from where you came from. I mean, you've been very successful yeah. in your career. You almost want to find someone who's a mirror of you, even though you're a leader, because you're really looking for your replacement. You know, mm-hmm. I, I say this to clients all the time. I want to find somebody who's going to be better than me. And in the beginning, you, you see that as a threat. Well, I don't want to hire someone who's going to take my job. No, you want someone to replace you so you can basically move up the chain or kind of up to that next level. So I, I look for someone who, who really has it in their, I see in their DNA. It's like, are they wired for that? And if they are, I want to find out, tell me about your day. Tell me about what you want to accomplish. What do you, you know, what do you really, where do you really want to be in life? And those mm-hmm. questions get taken out of context today because they can grab some snippet from some influencer and just copy what they say. I said, no, you, if you were in a room and you had this magic wand, you could wave this magic wand about what you want. Give me the two things that you really want out of life. And here are the two things I look for. Influence and impact, right? And changing people's lives right. and being a good provider. Those are the two big things I look for. If you want to make impact and change people's lives, you have to have a servant um, a servant mentality and you have to live as a servant leader, you'll be a great producer and a great leader. Fantastic. So that's how they're going to basically dial in that they're a right fit for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like what you said about that. Cause it, it's, it's very true. Whenever I'm interviewing someone, I want to hear something beyond making a paycheck. I want to hear something beyond um, being a good worker. You know, I, I have so yeah. many people that come and, especially for my operations positions, right? Uh, they come in and they tell me what I want to hear. And so basically I have to ask them why about five or six times. So I get to the real meat and potatoes of what they want. You know what I mean? So it's like, so why do you want to work here? Well, uh, I want to provide for my family. Okay. But why do you want to provide for your family? Well, I want to be a good father and a good husband, you know, but why do you want to be a good father and a husband? Cause I don't want to be like my, dad was you know what i'm saying and all of a sudden we're getting to the real stuff true, you know true. and and i feel like if you truly want to have impact as a business owner and an entrepreneur that you have to be you know transparent with those conversations you know mm-hmm. we just had a meeting with my guys my uh, mdu team so we do at&t also we're still gotcha. doing that 12 years we're 12 years in and um i had a meeting with my guys this morning and it was all about you know their their routines in the morning uh, checking off the the things that are going to make them better humans. You know what I mean? And it had nothing yeah. to do with sales or sales training or any of that stuff. It, was it never does. About- it never does. <laughs> it never does. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like your whys. You know, that's, that's, um, that's kind of a tried and true uh, psychology hack trick that you can use. I call it the seven levels deep exercise. And when you ask mm-hmm. that why, and one of the things mm-hmm. I found is that when you do that why exercise, once you get to the fourth, you go from your head to your heart. And if you're not yeah. like almost crying by the fifth or sixth, then you didn't get deep enough. 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you, so I had that. So I, 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 I have a coach as well. So mm-hmm. my coach showed me how to do that with myself. So by the time I was at my fifth, I got to tears. And for me, it was my seventh why, if I can share that with you and, and your listeners, is I want to show my kids and my family and my community that I have choices, that I have the ability to make choices. So if I can make choices, you can make better choices. You're not married to a bad job or a bad career or a bad environment. You have the choice and you have the power to control your own destiny. And that's something that you find in a, in a salesperson that it, it, it kind of jumps out at you. Well, right. one, thing, one thing in, in interviewing, if I can share with your, with your listeners is, there's always a gut feel too. When someone walks in the room and you look them in the eye, you're like, something about this person that person mm-hmm. you want to hold on to and, and really dig deep like what makes them so special like what catches their attention like look you you have you have a look you have a, a, a mannerism about you mm-hmm. you're very serious but you're you seem like a, a kind person but you're also very serious about business and you're also curious you want to have someone just like that in your, in your sales team absolutely i couldn't agree more um you know i've been very uh in tune lately with energy you know, and I, I don't know if it's just something that happens when you get older or if it's because of who I'm surrounding myself with, like I'm recognizing a trend, right? Because now that I'm part of a mastermind group and I'm, you know, I'm surrounding myself with high level entrepreneurs, I'm used to a certain energy and a conversation, the same one we have right now. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then when I don't have that energy, I know right away, you know what I mean? Right. It's not a productive right. energy. It's not positive. You know what I mean? And maybe everything isn't okay with that person. And that's when I typically, just because it's instinct now to to want to help, you know what I mean? And and that, that gets into a whole nother thing, you know what I mean? That is general entrepreneurship. But yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very true. If you come from a place of service, you know, the, the, the money's going to follow. You know what I mean? If you right. walk into a home and you're doing a solar presentation and you genuinely ask them, like, you get to those whys, and you get to their real purpose for, for getting solar, which is, hey, we want to save a little money this year so we can go on vacation. Or, hey, we want to do something you know, positive for the planet, whatever the case, their motivation is behind it. Or we just want to want to keep up with the Joneses. All our neighbors are getting solar. You know, that may be as simple as that. Um, and then you come from a place of service. It, it makes the sales so much easier. You know, it, does, it, right, it doesn't become it doesn't become a sale. It becomes I've served this person and you mm-hmm. want to create what Tony Robbins calls a raving fan, you know, mentality. Raving fans are, I don't know if you've heard that, but a raving fan is somebody who just cannot stop talking about you. It's like, they, how have you mm-hmm. spoken to Doug? He does this really great stuff. You gotta have, you have, no, no, put your phone down, listen to me. Okay, now pick up the phone and call him. That's a raving fan. You create a, a raving fan culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of that. You said two things before I wanted to go back to about the energy. You said, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. about the people surrounding with or as you get older, I think it's both. And I think as you as you get older, right, and as you continue to move that circle of five, you know, they say you're the average of the five people you hang out with. The more that you change yeah. up that five, the more your energy levels are going to rise up. And then, right, it's sort of like you you get out of tune. It's like when you're in your car. I'm like, well, doesn't feel the brakes don't feel right. Something's out of tune. You'll feel that out of tuneness because someone who's mm-hmm. invited or trying to get into your into your uh, we call it good juju, right? Good energy. Yeah, <laughs> you want to yeah. get that energy going right. So. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. It's and it's all true. It's but it's how you choose. It goes back to what we said before. It's about how you choose to be, right? You mm-hmm. know, there's a, there's a book. I mean, we've all read the book um, Atomic Habits, right? There's, oh, yeah. there's a formula in the book which is be 
That's because behavior equals, and I totally forgot the formula. So it's behavior equals um, the people you surround, something you, the people you surround yourself with. A lot of it has to do with your upbringing, but it's in your environment. So if you change your environment, the likelihood of you changing how you think and how you act and how you execute changes mm -hmm. with you. That's why people who move to different countries, they usually adapt pretty quickly to that new environment. So if I move from here to the UK, I'm going to change naturally just because I'm a part of that, you know, part of that new environment. Yeah, so absolutely. Even your, your, your dialect should start changing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I do that when I go to, you can tell I'm from New York. And when I'm in uh -huh. Texas, I find myself, I got to slow down a little bit. <laughs> I have oh, to kind yeah. of pull back a bit more conversation. You know, it's yeah. not as, as quick. And I, I like it. It's actually, it's very refreshing. When I, when I landed, yeah. you know, whether it be Austin or Dallas or Houston, I just like slow down, take it easy. It's all going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a good friend of mine. He's, uh, he's from New York originally. He lives in Florida now. Um, nice. and he, he does hard money lending and, um, uh, you know, he's got a few investments and stuff like that. But man, when he talks, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I got the glossy eyes because he's going, going, going. And I'm like trying to keep up. And we don't move that fast in Texas. Right? That's all good. That's all, it's all really good. All good. So, you know, it and it, it's crazy now because there's so much information out in the world and, and it's all at your fingertips. And there's so much education on uh, mindset, right? Yeah. And, and, what can happen sometimes, especially in a sales organization or, uh, you know, somebody that's trying to put together a sales team is we get too focused and I don't know that you can be too focused on mindset, but you forget about the, the practical things that you have to execute on in order to be successful in this business. Right. So let's just say door knocking, for instance, right. When you're approaching a team and you're addressing a team on you know, a mindset thing versus a um, functionality. I, I don't know how to say it. Um, for, versus the execution. Gotcha. Right, okay. exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you do 50-50? Is it, you know, you spend 75% of your time talking about execution and then maybe 20, end on the mindset, you know, mm. or start with the mindset, end on execution? How do you approach Good that? question. It's funny because I'm actually having that same conversation with a VP of another company who is – there are certain solar companies that are door-knocking businesses. They, they, I'm a door-knocking company. Some are, hey, I just buy leads. Some, hey, mm -hmm. I'm inside salespeople. Most successful companies I see are door-knocking based because door-knocking gives you this high, that highest percentage. Um, it also it's, – it's, it's a grind, but it's, it's immediate feedback. It's immediate yes or no. Mm -hmm. So I – this could be part of what you said before, the energy and of yeah. who I surround myself with. Everything starts with mindset. Everything starts with mindset because okay. you can be great at execution, but if your head's not screwed on right, you're not going to be able mm -hmm. to execute. I mean, give, let's, let's put it to you this way. Um, Muhammad Ali, let's go way, way, before Tyson, right? Everybody stood on okay. the shoulders of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, he was always positive. He was always inspiring. He's always funny, joking. He's always sarcastic. His mindset was, hey, I'm... I'm the greatest of all time. Now, yeah. in today's world, that gets a little taken out of context as being arrogant and narcissistic. But if you can look in the mirror and go, I am the greatest of all time, I'm going to knock on 100 doors today. And it, even if I get 50 knocked in my face or 99, I'm going to walk away with that one. If you start that mindset, that will take somebody who is not a big door knocker and say, hey, listen, if I can get myself with the right mindset, I could probably execute and knock on these doors today. 
Now, mm -hmm. flip the coin over and find someone who really loves door knocking, but hey, having a bad time at home, something's not really right. If you can just yeah. tune their mindset, they will execute so they'll execute geometrically more than the person I just talked about. So mm -hmm. everything starts in mind. If you can't get your head right, you're not going to get it done. I'll tell you a quick story. I got a chance to go to Yankee. I'm a big Yankee fan, obviously, from New York. I had a chance to go to Yankee Stadium uh, in 2018. A friend of mine allowed us uh, with, with their team to go into the, the locker room, which is like big for us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Player. So imagine you're, you know, so so let's say you, were, I'm going to say if you're a Spurs fan, but you got invited to the Spurs locker room. Wow, big. Spurs are probably I actually did when I was a kid. Okay. And, and, and I when I was a kid, that. they were winning championships. Yeah. But but, but you remember <laughs> that forever, right? Forever. You're oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's implanted in your brain. So I went into the locker room. We, we walked around and as you're walking past, there's a batting cage inside the building. As you walk up the stairs, before you get into the dugout, there's a sign above it. It says, get your mind right. I'm like, wow, if it's good enough for the Yankees, it's good enough for me. <laughs> it, I come from a Tony Robbins background. That's I, I've met him. I've interviewed him on my podcast. He's been a big influence in my life. And I've learned mm -hmm. that that mindset always is that's got to be the start. That's got to be that's like your starting line because you could be great in all these other things. But if you don't have your yeah. head right, you're never going to execute on it. So my my long answer is get the headset right because the headset you can teach. Mm -hmm. Headset you can teach. People who are already good at door knocking, but they, their their heads that head their heads not screwed on right, they're not going to perform. Yeah. So I think and, and it's 80-20. I'm an 80-20 guy. Mindset, execution. And I, I I couldn't agree more because you know when I first got started out in door to door, um I. You know, it's funny. I started an integrator and I ended up a visionary, right? Yeah, I had to I had to change. And so in the in the beginning, I was very facts, figures, numbers based. And so I built out the company to to reflect that. And it worked initially. You know what I'm saying? It worked mm -hmm. until the numbers weren't good anymore, right? And then I couldn't keep the guys long enough because the numbers weren't good, whether it was commissions, whether it was the conversion rates or whatever the case was. All of a sudden, when my numbers weren't good, the guys didn't have a reason to stay. You know, they they experienced rapid promotion and then they got to, into a leadership role that I didn't necessarily prepare them too well for. You know what I mean? We had leadership training, but it was all it was all very uh operational based and nothing to do with mindset, nothing to do with actual leadership training. It was leadership within our community with leadership within our product, you know, yeah. and uh, understanding how to train other people and, and to lead them to it. But it, mm -hmm. we were like 10% mindset, 90% execution. You know what I mean? Which worked. I got up to uh, 110 guys, you know, we did 5 million in commissions with AT&T. It worked right. to a certain degree, but it, it wasn't built on, a uh, a proper foundation of mindset, like you said. Now, my whole meeting today was about mindset. You know what I mean? And if you imagine, if you imagine for a second, and I'm interrupting you for a very specific reason, I want to leave you with this, and and your listeners is that imagine, I just I'm going to Doug's house and I'm giving him a brand new Tesla, hundred grand. It's all yours, really great. But listen, it's only got ten percent battery on it. Where are you going to go? Your mindset yeah. is, is is the juice, it's the gas, it's the fuel, it's the energy to drive that beautiful that beautiful automobile. 
So if mm-hmm. you continue to focus on the mindset part of it, what you'll ha- what you'll do is, and as a leader, you 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 realize you have to explain things multiple times. Your, your narrative has to be the same narrative over and over again because not everybody gets it once. Like mm-hmm. when you go to seminars, you believe it, it's great, and then literally seventy five percent of it is gone the next day because you're back to the grind. Right? I see, it's already done. You flush that toilet; it's all gone. So. Repetition is the mother of invention. If you continue to repeat the same story and the same narrative, it's going to get into their mind and it's going to click. That's what mindset is. Like I do that with my teams and the guy we talked about before. I Mm -hmm. said, you know, tell me, give me three things. What's working? What's not? What do you need help with? And I said, every day I want that answer for the next two weeks. And after the first week, it's like, now I get it. You're not focusing your time on the things you should do. You're not thinking about looking in the mirror and telling yourself you deserve success. I have guys who are not successful because they think they don't deserve success. And it all starts with the head. It's all got to be in your head. So. Yeah. One of the things I always tell my guys is every, everything you have, everything you don't have, everything you are, there's, there's someone responsible for that. And it's the man in the mirror. Every morning when you get up, if you take that extreme accountability approach, then when you do have success, it, it works the same way. You know what I'm saying? Now you have to give credit where credit's due. You know what I mean? If you have a team, the team gets the, the success first, right? But at, at the end of the day, and it was hard for me to do that for a long time because I always wanted to be the humble leader and be the one that was like, oh no, it's my team, it's my team, it's my team. Well, I did that for about 10 years And then none of the original people that I started with in the beginning were with me now. So it's like, wait, I'm the only constant here. (laughs) Like, maybe it's me, you know what I mean? And if it's me, then I need to make sure that this machine in terms of mindset is built out the right way. Um, So I I joined uh, uh, Apex about a year ago. And so it's it's a business mastermind. It's it's one of the bigger ones in the the country, you know. And um, Ryan Steumann started that. And he he did a very... Yeah. Yeah, he did a very yeah, he did a very simple thing for us. Uh he created a daily G code, right? And so basically it's a point system and it's just a simple, super simple app that you fill out every day. You give five points of gratitude. Did you work out or not? Did you keep your diet or not? What was what was something that what did you focus your time on today? And then uh what, what did you learn today and what was a win for the day? And just filling that out every day uh, at the at the end of the day puts you in a, a grateful mindset at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? And then when you wake up the next morning, you know, like for, for us in our sales group, we put uh, something that we're grateful for every morning in our sales chat. You know, and it could be waking up. It could be oh, yeah. breathing air. You know what I mean? Or it could be like the hotel gym here at the Aloft in Houston, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that yeah. it was a decent gym. You know, I love me a good, decent gym that I don't have to go to planet fitness or LA fitness. You know, I can just work right, out here. Right. Um, yeah. So that was mine this morning. Right. And um, that can really change your whole life. Just those simple disciplines every day, whether it's working mm-hmm. out or giving gratitude or yeah. recognizing what's working. Like you said, what's working, okay, uh, what's not, not working. And what do you need what was the three things? What do you need help what's with? What's working? What's go. not? What do you need help with? Because those are those are level setters. I, I like that you have yeah. the the the. Um, uh, now I know more about about the group at Apex. Mm-hmm. So I've, yeah. I've, been, I've been a part of different masterminds. I've 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 held them. I'm in different spaces. I, the one thing I like about what you're saying about the mastermind is you have like-minded individuals that are that that want to grow together, and yeah. you're never the smartest guy in the room, which is good. 
right? You're not the dumbest either, yeah. but you're, you're, you're part of a group that I, I always say the high tides float all boats. You know, my, mm-hmm. my mother, rest in peace, left me something when she passed in 2016. She says to me as a kid, she goes, when you, when you get into a, uh, a position where you are so focused on accomplishing a goal or becoming a new, you, you have to become the person that you need to be to really get to that level. It's not just getting there, mm-hmm. but you have to become that person. And she said this thing to me, and I say it to my kids, I say it to my friends. I said, may the road rise to meet you. Don't follow the road down. May the road, as you're climbing, may the road rise up to meet you as you rise. So you continue to rise. And then the people behind you that want to rise will rise with you. You, mm-hmm. you create the path as a leader, right? Yeah. One good things leaders do is they create paths of success for their teams. They're not just, you do this and then report back to me. Like, let's talk about EOS. I'm big on scorecards. I love it. I I promote it. I live, eat, and breathe it. Every client I work with has a scorecard, right? Scorecard Mm -hmm. from the person. You have to pick up the phone within two rings, right? That's a scorecard. (laughs) To how many sets, how many many door knocks, how many final documents, how many conversions, all that stuff. If you, if you, um, I was going someplace with, with that point. If you, if you demonstrate your strength as a leader, you mm-hmm. will naturally create good leaders who follow you rather than making someone a leader who is not ready for it. So that's a whole nother, yeah. that's, that's what I spend a lot of my time with when I'm working with some of these, um, some of these uh, CEOs and VPs of sales and solar. And I think the one thing's missing is they know how to make money, but they don't know how to run a business. And that's where I step in, not just because I've been doing it for 15 years, it's because I understand the mindset, how it works, how you put execution mm-hmm. strategy, lead gen, systems and processes and coaching all together as those three components. Those are things that need to be wrapped in leadership because you become the person that they look after. If you're, if you're executing fast, they'll execute fast. You're having a bad day. They're going to slow down. Like you're the, you know, you're the speedometer for your team. So early, early in my career, I was very good at recruiting anybody that can walk and chew gum at the same time um, and teaching them how to sell. And then they'd be able to make, you know, my whole thing was a thousand dollars a week. You know, you come into the company, you know, uh, I'm going to do everything I can to get you to a thousand dollars a week. And then after that, it's about getting into leadership and teaching other people how to do this. Right. And, um, it's, it's always funny because everything turns into a pyramid scheme. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's not true. You know, people, they, they focus on the visual too much because every company's built like that, you know, but uh, government's that way. Government's a pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> the president's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I was very good at that and, and recruiting entry-level people. And so we were at a mastermind in Cabo a couple months ago. And uh, I was I was I asked that question, or I asked a question, and I was like, I'm I'm very good at recruiting mass amounts of people, bringing them in and having them make some money, you know, and I made my career on that in my 20s. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to recruit the right people and I want nothing but six figure earners, right? I'm, I'm good at creating, you know, people that earn 50 to 60,000 a year, right? I want to, I want to create an environment that is six figure and above, you know? Right. And that's because again, compressing time, right? If my team's smaller, but they make more money, you know what I mean? That gives me more time to do all the things that I want to do. Right. Um, and so that, that was kind of my objective going into that mastermind was to learn how to do that. And, you know, Obviously, Ryan answered first, and it's exactly what you just said. It's be the example, right? Yeah. If I want my guys to have a good mindset, 
then I need to practice having a good mindset. If I want my guys to be in shape, then I better make sure I'm in shape. If I want my guys to be the example of this themselves to their teams, you know, when I'm recruiting leaders, then I have to be the example for them. And um, you have to have tools in place to do that. So I guess what are some of the tools that you use personally that you kind of recommend to your CEOs or you recommend to the the salespeople that you're coaching? Uh, A bunch of tools. I, you know, one of the big tools I have is a self-evaluation that it's a test, a self-evaluation test. And I create a matrix that's kind of fill in by colors and it shows you where your strengths and weaknesses are. And I call it self-evaluation because I'm not scoring you, you're scoring yourself. So you get to look and and I did it with that team in San Antonio and I did it with the CEO Mm -hmm. president. He, Charlie was present. They all, and like, they looked and go, wow, I didn't realize I needed some help there or yeah. I didn't realize I was really good at that. And I, I had a couple of guys say, well, I scored low and the VP goes, no, you're, you're, you're not here. You're, you're much higher. So sometimes your perception of yourself is very different because you look at, I think of it as, um, as contact, you take a pair of glasses off, put them on, you see different, put someone else's lenses on, look at through their lens. They see you as this leader. So self eval mm-hmm. is really big for me. Um, I love doing a SWOT analysis. I, I think it's a, it's a tried and true uh, process. I don't know if you've ever done a SWOT, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's a box. Mm-hmm. And what it does, it's, it's a very, um, I call it the truth serum of a company. And okay. I look at it from a personal SWOT and from a company SWOT. So, so Doug is the leader and he has his 10, 10 leaders in the room, all going to take a SWOT. And then we're going to compare each other's answers. I'm going to find out what are we really, really good at? Not because we want to pound our chest. What are we good at? What do our customers say about us? How, how we're so good? That's how you can check it off. If you can cross-reference to where we're good at internally, we can connect it to something externally. You know, the opportunities mm-hmm. are basically weaknesses in sheep's clothing. They're kind of hanging out there. You can turn that weakness. So if you're not really if you don't have a good door knocking team in Houston, well, how do we do that? Well, we know some guys that really want to move from San Antonio to Houston. Let's bring them up there and bring our door knocking yeah. game up. So you, you you move them around. The threats are, you know, threats are always going to be internal, right? Not doing your scorecard, not doing those 15 minute. I'm a, I'm a big fan of 15 minute coaching daily calls. And they're not micromanagement calls. They're, they're 15 minute coaching calls, which I do five minutes of personal, five minutes of professional and give me five minutes of what's one thing you want to make better this week that you can commit to that I will help you with personally get better for the next call. So 50 minute coaching calls are always big and um, strengths. And those are, those are weekly or daily. I, so what I do in my coaching for the first two weeks, when I first meet an organization, I go, I want to do 50 minute coaching sessions every single day for two weeks. And I get a lot of pushback. Yeah. I get a lot of pushback from it. I said, but here's the thing. When you spend 15 minutes, 15 minutes with somebody every day for, for 10 days, you're going to know them. Mm-hmm. Cause you know what happens? You know, the average, the average length or time frame for a VP of sales is about 12 to 18 months. They either get fired or they leave. Right? So think about your sales team. Like how, how do I keep good salespeople? Like the guy we're talking about before, he's been at that spot for 10 years because he's mm-hmm. good. Right? Most yeah. guys leave after 12 months. I see five months, six months, eight months, they jump around and they, and you don't want to keep people like that. So, but you want, so you want to get to know people. So I recommend if you have a team of, of 20 and below, you should have lunch with them once a quarter or breakfast once a quarter and just have an open conversation, get to know their, what we talked about before, get to know their mind is at. Mm-hmm. Once you understand their mindset, you can make changes and adjustments. So 50 minute coaching calls for the first two weeks 
And then I recommend doing weekly calls, 30 minute calls, whether it be, you can do them, you can call them one-on-one, -on -one, however you want to color it, but it's, it's a 30 minute, hey, let's take a look at what's going on, where you're stuck. Okay, your door knocking game was really on last week. Help me understand what changed. Do we have to, it's like a mechanic. Do I have to turn this and twist this? Right. And later you want to have the knobs and the levers to turn mm -hmm. them, right? That's the, that's, the, um, that's the visionary integrator mix, right? Integrators yeah. are doing all the work. Visionaries are thinking about growth and innovation. Think about right. that next, the next big deal. Hey, we just, hey, we're just landing in Phoenix and we just got 10 guys knocking doors. All, you know, you're on to that next deal. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan. So those are good tools. Um, I have a tool called a not to do tool. What it does, it, it gives you a list of things that you have that you do on a regular basis. Maybe it could be the top 10 or 20 things. And you start to decide, do I need to really do this? Can I give it to somebody else? Can I stop doing it? So it's called the automate, uh, delegate, and eliminate tool. And I have a bunch okay, of others yeah. too. When you bring me on as a coach or decide to bring on as a coach, that's what I do with the team. And uh -huh. they hate me the first day. And then I get text messages for the next two years. If I can impact one day, if I can impact one person every day for the rest of my life, I've accomplished my personal goal. Other than being in really great shape, I got a guy I work out with all the time, my coach. Yeah. You know, I have my people in my space. But if I can impact one right. person's life every single day for the rest of my life, I've personally accomplished my personal goal. So if I if I left you a better person after this call, I can check mark mm -hmm. that today. That's how I look at it. And you need to do yeah, that. Yeah, and I think Yeah, and I think that's huge and uh you know the listeners may not realize it just yet, but they're getting some free coaching right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they better take advantage and execute on those tools that you just said. So you have this. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the self-evaluation tool, the SWAT tool. Uh, you mentioned um, the not to do list and I'm missing not one. Now the, the not to do is the automate, delegate, and eliminate tool. It's oh, there you go. Most of the three. And I have a bunch of others that we do when we bring on the course. They're more personalized one-on-one mm -hmm. uh, -on -one tools that I, I use. I have ones for leaders. I have ones for door knockers. Uh, I have ones for CEOs. Um, I have a leadership evaluation tool that leaders can actually look at and decide what really works for them, what doesn't work for them. Um, uh -huh. and, and, and again, it all comes down to your habits, how you're spending time, right, along with your mindset. And if you have your, if you have your mindset right, Everything else should line up behind it. Because if you're doing something you know you're committing to, it's part of who you are, you have to systematically execute it. Listen, you're human. You're going to forget a day at the gym. You're going to forget a gratitude journal. Like I have mine, you know, I know the listeners can't see if I got my gratitude journal. I write it every single day. I've been writing in my journal for 12 years and it's changed my life. And you can get people to execute. Again, mindset is going to be so, so important in, in sales and in leadership. Yeah. And there's, there's, so for, for me, I'm, well, I'm not going to say I'm not a writer, right? Cause I'm going to have to be a writer. Cause I, I, I need, I want to write a book about building great sales teams, you know? And that's part of what this podcast is, is okay. So over a year, I'm probably going to do around over a hundred podcasts. Right. And that's a hundred people telling me about either their journey to build a great sales team, or they're in the beginning of it, or they have some type of supporting role in building that great sales team. Right. And so I feel like, you know, you take my experience over the last 12 years of, of building my company, and then all this experience from a hundred listeners, then I'll have a heck of a book at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to say I'm not a writer because I'm going to have to be one, but I'm more of the, you know, like, uh, 
I'm in the middle of 75 hard right now. Right. So I okay, finished good. it a couple of weeks ago and most of my listeners know about it because I talk about it. Right. Um, yeah. but it's, it's Andy Frisella's program and it's basically a yeah. way to dial in. It's a way to like shock yeah. your, your systems a little bit, dial in. And it's more of a mental challenge than anything. Right. So now I'm in phase one of 75 heart, but I know in phase two, one of the requirements is journaling, you know? Oh yeah. And so that's going to get me kind of introduced to writing again, you know, cause I haven't really done it since. Well, actually that's not true. I mean, I post <laughs> twice on social media every day now, you know, but yeah. physically writing is a whole nother animal. I think it's a, you, it's a you different know, Do you know how you become a writer, Doug? This is how you become a writer. Just start writing. How do you become a yeah. speaker? Just start speaking. It, it's really, it, it, I, I've learned in my age and wisdom and experiences, let's not overcomplicate it, right? You're, mm-hmm. You said you're not a writer, but you're doing all these podcasts. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> ways of helping you. There's ways of helping you, you know, kind of take that when you do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach you, you know, personally on how we do that automate, delegate, and eliminate tool. And mm-hmm. but before you know it, you'll be a writer and then you'll have people doing the writing for you with you not even having to do so much writing. Because, again, writing starts in the mindset and then how you become a writer, mm-hmm. pick up the pen, start writing your first paragraph. Right. I mean, remember when you, didn't have, you didn't have Instagram. Now everybody's taking selfies of themselves. Right. It, it just yeah, it's a exactly. part of your evolution. Well, I'm excited that if you uh, get your book out soon. I'll, I want to be one of the first to uh, to get a copy of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's you know, because I'm going to reference a lot of my guests in the book and take pieces of their experience and everything and put it in there. I'm absolutely, that's going to be the first shipment. It's going to be straight to you guys. So thank you. I appreciate it. This has been uh, pretty amazing. And what, what I love about having you on as a guest is I've got plenty of people that are in solar listening. And even if you're not in solar, I imagine you, you, you cross uh, products there Anybody mm-hmm. that's building uh, a sales team or anybody that is wants to build one is going to be able to to reach out to you for coaching and consulting in, in those aspects. It's not just solar that is your only medium. No, I, I, I've coached. Uh, solar is, is is big for me now because I've been in the industry. Um, I, also, right. I used to work at the Trade Center. So I've been I've been on this earth for a long time. So I know FinTech <laughs> very well. Worked at yeah. British Telecom for a couple of years. So I traveled the world okay. working in telecommunications. So uh, I, I, I have a lot of experience. I'm actually working with a, funny enough, a friend of mine has a, a shoe store. So I'm helping in brick and mortar. Uh-huh. A friend was a patio furniture shop. I have friends who are painters. So it's not just solar, but the frameworks are all the same. Solar is just kind yeah. of like a, a pet thing for me because I, I love it and I'm really immersed mm-hmm. in it. But again, it's yeah. when, you think of, when you think of doing what, what you do, what I do, what we do as a giving mm-hmm. back to the industry is all you're doing is you're, you're, you're paying all of your experience forward by impacting people's lives. And this comes from not just me. This is, this is an Anthony, this is Anthony meeting with other CEOs and other very people much, much smarter than me. And I've yeah. learned to take that and just pay it forward. And if I can impact the life and you know, this is my gift that this is the gift I've been given. And they say, when you have a gift, you have to give it away. So I'm trying to give it away as, as much as I can. Fantastic. So um, you know, if our listeners want to follow you, uh, where should they follow you at on Instagram? Uh, Instagram, it's uh, at Anthony J. Conklin, C-O-N-K-L-I-N. Um, you can find me at my website is anthonyjconklin.com. I'm, I'm pretty much accessible. So you can either send me a DM or if you want, if you're hanging out on LinkedIn, you can find me there too, Anthony J. Conklin as well. All right, guys, uh, you heard it here. Reach out to Anthony. We're going to wrap up this episode. I really appreciate you being on. Um, I'll have something in the mail for you in about a week, a little something just for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you too, man. Thank you so much, Doug.
Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.